Jesus had a lot of nerve. Am I right? I mean, Simon was just trying to go home. Simon had just wrapped up working an all-nighter. He and his crew were cleaning their nets, folding them up and putting them away. They'd been fishing all night and by their own words, hadn't caught a thing. They were probably thinking about finding something to eat and then perhaps somewhere to rest their heads. I mean, anyone who has ever worked the night shift can attest to the eye roll that Simon probably wanted to give to Jesus when Jesus asked him to go back out into the boat after an unsuccessful night of fishing and to drop his nets into the same waters. I remember working nights when I first graduated from college as a security contractor at the State Department. I worked from 3 p.m. until 6 o'clock in the morning because, frankly, the higher-ups at the State Department didn't want to see us doing our work while they were there. And so when I got back to the shop at 6 o'clock in the morning, my boss was rolling in. And the last thing I wanted to do at 6 o'clock in the morning was to talk to Daryl. Daryl was a nice guy, much like the Daryl from the office. And he was one of those bosses that you just wanted to have as a boss. But after a night of pulling my hair out because I couldn't get a hold of the engineer who had designed the project and who really had no idea what they were designing, the last thing I wanted to do was to talk to Daryl. I didn't want small talk. And worse, I didn't want to be given the opportunity to continue working and get some overtime in the morning. I knew some fellow co-workers, I'm not confessing that I ever did this, but they would park on the opposite side of our business park from where our office was so that they could get out of our truck before we got to the office and not have any chance of running into Daryl or any other managerial figure who was wearing a tie that morning and was looking for people who had nothing better to do. Working nights is no joke. Family and friends have no idea why you're so tired all the time or why you insist on sleeping until 1 o'clock in the afternoon. As the sun is coming up, all you can think about is finding a place to lay down and get some rest. Simon, along with his partners James and John, had just pulled an unsuccessful all-nighter. And now this traveling preacher wants to act like a pirate and commandeer one of their boats. Jesus must have gathered quite the crowd to need that much distance between him and them. Simon, though, was kind enough to put Jesus in a boat and push him out a little bit into the water so that the crowds could continue to be taught by Christ. You know, I have to think, though, Simon, James, and John had to have been within earshot of what Jesus was saying. After all, Simon owned the boat they were in, or Christ was in, and he probably wouldn't want to let it too far out of his sight. On top of having the nerve to bug a bunch of guys who had just finished up a long night's work, Jesus thought it was wise to send Simon off on another fishing expedition. To hear the request on the first ask must have seemed ridiculous. You want me to do what? Don't you realize what we're doing right now? Because what we're doing now, like this means we just did what you wanted us to do. And I'm sorry, Jesus, 
if you didn't see the lack of a fish sitting on the shores, we didn't have much luck last night. Like Daryl asking me if I wanted the opportunity to work a few hours. The request made by Jesus to Simon must have seemed hard to obey. But Simon, along with James and John, they had been within earshot of what Jesus was saying to the crowds. And so Simon got in his boat and complied with Jesus' request. Simon pushed off from the shores, went back out into the deep waters where he had been fishing the night prior, and he lowered his nets. Discipleship is tough. Following and listening to instructions from someone, it's hard work. Discipleship is one of those church words that people like me and Pastor Ed and Jeff, we throw around quite frequently and we rarely define what the word actually means. You know, I feel the same way about the word discipleship and the word fellowship as Pastor Ed feels about the word awesome. They're powerful words, yet they're often overused or worse, misused with such frequency that the meaning and the emphasis intended to accompany the words is misplaced or simply forgotten. Discipleship is not a one-way endeavor. Discipleship is the act of teaching while at the same time learning. Discipleship is about leading and following It's an invitation, and at the same time, it requires a response. So Simon is out in the deep waters. He has lowered his nets, and he begins to pull them up. And slowly but surely, there's a tug, and a tug, and a tug. The nets get harder and harder to pull up, and the nets come up full, abundantly full, so full that another boat has to be dispatched from shore to help haul in this load of fish. And Luke tells us that this second boat still wasn't enough because both boats began to sink. And rather than thinking about his investment that was quickly going to the bottom of the Sea of Galilee, Simon fell to his knees, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. The reality of who Jesus was was made fully known, fully realized by Simon as two of his boats, along with the largest catch in his fishing career, began to make a beeline for the bottom of the sea. As dramatic as a scene that this must have been, we are still not to the hinge point of this story. The hinge point of St. Luke's story comes after Simon had fallen to his knees and confessed his sins before Christ. Jesus responded to this confession by saying, do not be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching people. From now on, I'm going to send you out and you're going to catch people. And with those words, Simon and James and John gave up the biggest catch of their fishing career. They had made it financially, and they left their nets, their boats, their families, and everything that they had accumulated up until this point in their life to follow a guy who had provided for them abundantly in a place where they had not been able to provide for themselves. 
Again, discipleship is not a one-way encounter. Discipleship is not something that I or you can ever do on our own. First, Simon, along with James and John, experienced the awesome abundance of God. Now, the abundance they experienced probably caused a bit of fear as well as their boats began to sink to the bottom of, a, of the sea. But still, the abundance of God revealed to them through this miraculous sign of fish signaled to at least Simon that what this guy had been talking about on the shores must be true. It must be worth paying attention to. So much so that Simon and his partners decided to leave it all on the beach and walk away and follow Christ. And there it is. Discipleship. It's a two-way encounter. Jesus sought these men out. Before Jesus was teaching on the beach, on the banks of the Sea of Galilee, these three men were a group of business partners who had just had a really bad day at the office. Before Jesus commandeered Simon's boat, Simon was just a guy trying to clean up his tools and go home for the day. But that's the way that discipleship works. Before you or I ever decide to follow Jesus, Christ is revealed through the awesome abundance of God in a way that makes sense to each of us individually. The invitation to be a disciple of Christ is not one size fits all. Some will have a moment. We call these mountaintop moments where you will hear God speak to you, perhaps whispering or shouting at you to where it is abundantly clear what God is calling you to do. While some, like me, and I'm guessing many of you, have had the abundance of God revealed to you in ways that in hindsight make perfect sense. But at the time, were not as clear as Jesus telling you to get into the boat, now go out into the sea, and then drop your nets and wait. Simon's response in the boat is not unique either. You know, after this abundance of God was revealed to us in whatever way God sees fit to do so, on some level, we all acknowledge that we are not worthy to be in the same boat as Christ, let alone follow him and teach in his name. We confess that we are not even worthy to be in his presence. Yet after this act of repentance, we heed Christ's words of not being fearful, along with the promise that comes with a new vocation. Yeah, leaving everything behind, our economic security, our physical security, our family, and our friends, what's comfortable to us? Leaving all of that behind is difficult, but the promise of the awesome abundance of God made to each of us by Christ is hard to ignore. It's the promised abundance of God that sustains us as a community, as a group of people who have committed to responding to this invitation from Christ together, not on our own, but we insist upon doing it as a community. The awesome abundance of God was revealed to Simon and to James and to John through ordinary means, through fish, 
through something that was very common to them, something that they held in their hands, something they touched and understood the texture of every single day. I love eating fish, but when I'm at the grocery store and I'm picking out some sole or some salmon or some crab cakes, I'm not waiting for God to be revealed to me through that meat. But maybe I should. For us as a community, the awesome abundance of God is revealed to us when we gather around the table to share an ordinary meal and when we gather around the waters of baptism through ordinary means, through things that most people wouldn't give a second glance to, through bread and wine or juice and through water, God is revealed to us. Those objects may not give pause to people outside of a Christian community, but for our community and communities like ours, these ordinary objects are means of experiencing God's abundance and awesomeness. And through these simple means, we find sustenance as individuals and as a community to continue the vocation that Christ has called us to, both as individuals and as a community. Discipleship is putting down the nets. It's leaving the catch behind. It's leaving the boats. It's not an off-the-top calculation for us to figure out the risk. Discipleship is a response that we offer after we have experienced the awesome abundance of God's grace at the end of a hard day's labor, even when our nets come up empty. Thanks be to God. Amen.